Hey everybody and welcome back after a long, long time to your Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. And this week we have NFL, CGF, week four. Let's dive in, y'all. All right, we go out to the fields where the Bruce Matthews take on the Matriarchs. The Matriarchs mosey on down to the field where Derek John, I've been working on the railroad. Henry pummels the opposition, doing it all with a rushing and passing touchdown. And Amon Ra Saint Encyclopedia Brown figures out the secret against Green Bay with a touchdown. But the fairy tale ends there as Humpty Dumpty falls off his waller and Robert Hundred Acre Woods looks lost. For the Bruce, Mark Andrews Cadillac put a couple miles on it with two touchdowns, and Nico Tom Collins took a double shot from Stroud with two TDs, as well as with the return of the week, Alvin Kamara with not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, okay. not eight. All right, oh. we got it. Oh, sorry, Teach. 13 receptions for only 33 yards. Makes you wonder about PPR, Teach. Yeah, you're certainly right about that. All right. That's the Matriarchs 123, the Bruise in a blowout 219. Some spread. Some spread. Whoop! Whoop! Boop, boop, boop. We head to King's Landing where they say, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. And there was no middle ground for the Pit Kings as they were led by Lamar, Jamie, the Kingslayer, the Godslayer, Lannister, Jackson, with 28 points. Kyron, Walder, Frey, Williams slaughtered the God Kings as Messenger Falcons, Ritter, and Algier did not return with points from across the narrow sea. Pit Kings, 179. God Kings, 100? Some spread. Oh, some spread. We head out west, where the magic hosts the popular ballers as Bijan Robinson Crusoe set sail early from London with 137 yards, and scary Terry McLaurin was the savior with a fumble recovery for a touchdown. The magic proved too tricky to handle in this one, though. As James A. James Brown said, get up off of that thing. Ow! As he Ow! went for two touchdowns as Brock Paintbrush Purdy pulled a Bob Ross and said, there are no mistakes, only happy accidents. That's With almost no though. mistakes. Hey, sorry, Tej. Hey, uh, I'm digging deep here. Magic 155, Ballers 93. Whoop! Whoop! Bumbling, bumbling, stumbling into Gotham City, where the Knights were led by Josh Jacobs, who plays for the... And Travis Taylor Swift, Kelsey, and the Gotham Knights told Patrick Mahomes that this wasn't a love story. Knights GM Hunter Haas told Christian McCaffrey, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> but Winter Faces GM told Debo Samuel that he might as well have been a blank space with only .6 points. Winter Faces quarterback Justin Fields knows the Knights wide receivers all too well, singing... I know it's long gone and that magic's not DJ Moore no more. As DJ tells the Winter Faces, we are never, ever getting back together. The Faces go into Monday with a lead, but Tyler Lockett said, I shake it off, I shake it off, oh, 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 whoop. Knights 178, whoop. Faces 172. At the Abbey, we had a battle between the Touchdowns and Abbey and the Mooses. The Monks took an early lead as David Montgomery chewed through the Packers of Double Bubble, instantly spinning them out for three touchdowns. But the Mooses would strike back as rookie Devin Achan goes Beyonce making you say his name, say his name, twice for two touchdowns. In the end though, the Allen Richardson QB combo proves too much as on the seventh day, they combine for seven touchdowns. It is the Lord's day, Teach. Holy boom. Mooses 137, Abby 160. All right, folks, welcome back. 
it is good to be here with you on your corporate global dynasty podcast it's been a long time and uh there is a lost episode that is forever forever gone <laughs> as i forgot to press record the last time that we did this hey you know what it's it's okay we, it was a little bit rusty we we're, we're it was it's kind of nice to have work some of the kinks out and come back in feeling like we uh we might not have had the best podcast last time but we're ready now <laughs> yeah that's true and i was thinking uh this time it's it's one of the few times in corporate global uh, podcast history where one of us is not recording like prior to six in the morning or something <laughs> because uh, even before you were overseas, we always used to record before I went to work. So uh, it feels nice to have a little nightcap tonight. Um, but yeah, we have lots to dive into this week as we recap week four and uh, talk a little bit about the season at large. So let's get started. Uh, we mentioned the game of thrones uh in the fastest three minutes and so we'll start there as the pit kings demolish the god kings uh a couple things i wanted to point out here uh i think that it is impressive for the pit kings to pick up a win with uh, tj hawkinson underperforming and uh what was the other thing i was going to say i can't remember but let's just start there uh their tight end has been one of the bright spots on the season and then they don't even need him for their first win yeah, that's true. And actually, uh, in, a, in a matchup that you would especially like TJ to do well in since he gets the crossfire. Yes. Is that is that trademarked now by the CGF? Yeah, I think that, the CGF like, it's, uh, Mini's <laughs> uh, podcast has put a, a nice a nice R next to that. Yeah, so, um, but when you're going up against Kirk Cousins, you have TJ. You're really hoping for a big day because you know you can outpace cousins in that scenario but um yeah got a lot of work kyron williams looking to be just fantastic for this season um and gabe davis has really come on the last couple games as well uh chris godwin with with uh michael thomas who will get to or not michael thomas mike evans so the pit kings are starting to sort of shape up i think now yeah, I think shake out. Kyron Williams uh, falling into a starting role is going to be a huge thing for this team. I think I mentioned that last week, um, but this week it proved even to be it proved to be true even more so um, when because he kind of got handed the keys in this game against the Colts with 25 carries, so uh, lots of trust put in him by Sean McVay, who has shown that like if you get on his bad side, you know, or you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then you'll get the boot. Uh, both the other running backs that led this team in the past had that fate, so uh, hopefully Kyron Williams can keep the control of this team and the, the Pit Kings can can fight. You know, the Pickings with just one win are already back in seventh place. So uh, there's a lot of parity this year in the league. And so I think we're going to see a lot of shuffling as we go. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're going to hear this over and over on this podcast and the minis episode. But the season has is officially starting now. We yep. have bye weeks. This is this is where this is where it's happening. Yeah, this is where the rubber meets the road, and it'll be tough for some of our teams that are facing injuries and uh, have thinner uh, rosters to continue to, to put up points, so we'll see. As far as the God Kings though, go, though, I don't think that they will have that issue. I think this was just a rough week. Um, Alave definitely suffered uh, with whatever was going on with uh, Derek Carr's shoulder. I think that threw off their connection, uh, and they're just a down week with, with some of the guys like we mentioned. Uh, the Falcons overseas uh, got destroyed by, by Jacksonville. Uh, Ritter was horrible, so just a lot of things went wrong. Yeah, and a lot of things went wrong. Uh, Eckler not being able to come back 
still is uh you're really looking for him to get back and i think though that the one of the biggest toughest losses was the tyler algier or cordero patterson so that had been a consistent slot in the flex the last two seasons for the yeah. god kings and with Bijan going there that's really created this more much more difficult decision i think yeah, and you know, Algier had a huge week one scoring 24 points, and ever since then, he's scored under five. So I think that ship has sailed, uh, barring an injury from Bijan. I don't see him getting back up to that workload. So uh, the God Kings are going to have to find an answer in the flex um, because, like we just said, the bye weeks are coming. And looking at this roster, I don't see a lot of flex options. So I'm not sure uh, if they're going to be looking to make a move or just hope for the best. Yeah, so I, I was going to ask on the on the minis pod there was there was a a little bit of a some forecasting that the God Kings would not make the playoffs. Yeah, I was listening to that uh, on my way home from work today, and I think I still have a few minutes left. But I did hear that, and I I definitely disagree. Uh, this is a, a storied franchise; they've always made the playoffs. I expect them to squeak in again this year, uh, even if they have to make some moves to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, you heard it here. A little. The God King's going to make it. Yeah, I'm a fan. I've always been a God King's fan, I think. All right. uh, (laughs) Up next, we had uh, the touchdown to Nabby, defeating the Rocky Mountain Mooses 160 to 137. Great. A great match. A great match. A a big game for for both organizations. Um, It's the difference between a playoff spot and not right now. Yep. Absolutely. And you have to look at uh, the Abbey's quarterback room on this one for this W uh, with Josh Allen and Anthony Richardson. Uh, Every week that goes by, I'm just more and more sad that I didn't get Anthony Richardson uh, on my team. Uh, Thankfully, I I can have him somewhere else. But my goodness, I'm so excited for his future, uh, especially with Jonathan Taylor coming back, which uh, we might as well talk about it here since it's not like he's playing on my team right now. But if this is what we're seeing with Richardson now, I cannot imagine what will open up for that offense uh, with the Colts once Richardson, I mean, once uh, Jonathan Taylor is in the backfield with him. Yeah. So this is interesting because I really want to see what happens because Anthony Richardson is still having the problems that people were talking about, which is, I mean, he, he was 11 of 25. Yeah. He had like a 46% completion rate. Yeah, that's but, bad. But, I mean, but he looks like he doesn't... I feel like that's also a stat line Zach Wilson puts up, but the Zach Wilson version and the Anthony Richardson versions are extremely different, and I don't know how to say it except by, like, watching yes. them play. I was going to say the same thing. Like, if you were someone who didn't watch football or, or highlights or something, and you just saw the box score of Anthony Richardson, you would be like, oh, I don't want this guy, like, 11 for 25, and he lost a fumble and all this stuff. Uh, like this, you know, stay away. This is, this is uh fool's gold or something. But um, just watching him throw the football is exciting. Like one of the best throws I saw them make was on an incompletion where like Michael Pittman just didn't catch the ball, and the Colts have had a lot of trouble with receivers not named Pittman anyways this year. So um, I don't think anything is gonna magically happen to fix that, you know, throughout the year. But I still think he'll be able to put up really good fantasy numbers this season. Hopefully, we can get a, a better receiver next year. Yeah, was well, speaking of, I just, if you could have seen my camera, I just like fainted because I just thought to myself, oh my God, what's going to happen is the Colts are going to get like the third overall pick and they're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and he's going to play for the Colts and Anthony Richardson's going to be throwing him the ball. 
yeah, and there's... how much I kind of want that to happen, but as a Titans fan, I'm like, that will be terrible. There is almost a daily post about this in the Colts <laughs> Reddit. Okay. Uh, it's, okay. It's been happening since, like, I, don't, I mean, forever, like like years they've been talking about this. But especially since we got Richardson, everyone's been like, I don't care about the season. Like, tank just whatever spot you get in the draft. Make sure it's high enough to take <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. so that we can get him. And this can be our new, you know, duo. That would, like, make me, uh, I don't even want to say these things on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't give this to the public. Yeah, the children. This is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we got to think of the yeah. children. Um, speaking um, of the children, uh, Kenny Pickett is terrible, and I've been trying to <laughs> say it because he has little baby child hands. I mean, yeah, but also I think the Steelers are just kind of bad right now. They, yeah, they need they need some they need something else to go to go right for them on offense. Like they they don't have anything. They don't, and now with uh, Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth hurt for the next couple weeks, like I don't know what's gonna happen because I like uh, Calvin Austin or whatever his name is, but uh, I don't think he's gonna be enough to salvage this offense uh, to help Kenny Pickett out. So uh, dark days are ahead, and, he, and Kenny Pickett himself is is banged up with like his knee or something. Um, speaking of little things, uh, this team is very little. If you just look <laughs> down the roster. Uh, it, a Chan is little, Gibbs is small, you got Devontae Smith, you know, a lot of little guys on here. But uh, anyways, I, I get sidetracked, uh, you know, by size. I, I do appreciate the a little guy from time to time. I, I think the Mooses will still be fine. It, at, towards the end of the minis podcast, maybe I did finish it. They mentioned that uh, they're they're picking them and they're four out. And I'm not ready to write them off yet. What about you? Hmm. I would say it's going to take a big win streak at the end of the season whenever kyler comes back i think yeah i think i think that they're making the playoffs is totally dependent on on kyler agree um so and i truly don't know what's going to happen when he comes back i i have to say i like to make ridiculous predictions but that's just one that i know nothing about so yeah plethora of ways yeah same here and if you're the cardinals like do you want him to come back? I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's just a lot there with that situation and stuff that people, the way people talk about it off the field and his work ethic and you know all that nonsense. I don't know what's true and what's not, but uh, I do know that when Kyler Murray plays football, he typically scores a lot of fantasy points. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to go back over uh, with for a second with the Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, the Abbey, do they do you, do we think they have the the most difficult Sunday morning decisions? Do you think they have the most players that they have to choose who to play each week? Um I would say no. Mm, but okay. I uh I don't know. I think they have the easiest <laughs> because I think for me like okay, even a guy like Curtis Samuel, like he to me, I, I was floored when I saw that he was benched by the Abbey. I don't really understand that at all, really. Um, especially when you've had two pretty bad games from Sky Moore and uh, Zach Charbonnet is not consistently going to give you points. Like, he scored one, five, and five, like just five points. So I don't know how he got the starting spot. Um, but I think that it could turn into that because 
if Tank Dell, Charbonnet, I don't know about Sky more, but if some of those guys start performing more consistently, then yes, I'll give I'll give you that. Hmm. Okay, because I was thinking that I think that he has the toughest like players like Nick Westbrook, Akine, for example. Like nah, like no. Well, here's the thing though. It's like he's someone who like every season I feel like he'll have two to four big games and so for this team there's several players like that so like he's one braxton barrios is one curtis samuels one like he has a lot of players that can do that and him hitting on the right player at the right time has been has served him well for the past few seasons that's the problem is i think i think that rob uh tries to like he not tries he uh he gets paralyzed by that and it ends up making him do like crazy decisions and that's never good like to me one thing that i've learned over the last few years in fantasy football is like is a player i'm going to keep going back to curtis samuel because i think he's the the best example of this in the entire league but a player like him or tyler boyd is one of the most underrated players in fantasy because like i would rather have six or seven every week than the unknown of one two and then maybe once a year you'll get that 20 point game from Westbrook Arkeen like if you look at his history like I don't know if he's had two games that high ever um but he didn't start him so you know we're just throwing out ideas here yeah but uh I would rather have that consistency because you you're gonna hit the roof with your big boys up top Jamar Chase Tyree Kill so if you can like supplement that with the you know just the baseline six seven points like if you look at his flex right now this week he had three five and one points so I would much rather have a little I don't know, a little something extra there. Yeah, and I guess that this is, you saying that is where I was like, yeah, because he could have played Nick Westbrook, Akine, Curtis Samuel, and Braxton Berrios. And you wouldn't have said like, oh, you're a crazy person for putting those players in. So that's six players that are like interchangeable. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. I guess it. I have my, my mind made up against mm, I some see. of those where it's like, if I was doing you... it, it wouldn't even be an option. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. But yes, you're probably so, right. I'm probably just uh too what's the word? I'm I once I've made up my mind, it's you, it's good's over. Yeah, you those are your boys and they're playing. Exactly. You're right. All right. On to um, the next one. Yeah, let's keep moving to uh we'll do let's do Marley Magic popular ballers. So uh Marley Magic get another win uh moving up to 3 and 1 um <laughs> and not having to score many points to do so respectable 155 uh to the popular ballers i was kind of shocked this week with a 93 yeah so funnily shocked by both scores shocked that the marley magic had what i would call just a nice week nothing crazy bad nothing crazy good they were within what yeah six points of their projection so a nice easy coasting sort of win it feels like for the magic um Good weeks by Ayuk and Brock Purdy. That Brock Purdy line is insane to me. What yeah, <laughs> 20 of 21. Uh, it's still amazing that since he started, or every regular season game he started, they've won and Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown. Like The Niners are just so consistent. It's insane. Yeah, they're awesome. I love the Niners. I love Kyle Shanahan. And like, um, I'm so glad. It's like, it's like a dream. It's like... Uh, Sean McVay getting Matt Stafford is like Kyle Shanahan getting Christian McCaffrey. It's just it's just meant to be. It's just meant to be. 
and it's going to be beautiful, and I, I love every second of it. Devo, uh, yeah, the 49ers are awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also glad that McCaffrey's finally getting used correctly. Like, I like to make a big fuss about him, but it's all out of, you know, complete jealousy because he's just so ridiculously good. And, like, I, I didn't enjoy McCaffrey in the fantasy world for, like, the first couple years, or maybe even two or three years, because he was getting so overused in uh, Carolina that you, he was just getting hurt all the time. And so the fact that Shanahan knows how to use him in a way that he can still be efficient and not you know have to run it 30 times a game um it's just so nice for him as a player and for people who own him um yeah i'll come back to that later but yes yeah, so the niners are exciting aj brown also went absolutely bananas this week uh 38 points so you know you gotta love that um overall just pretty solid week like you said for the magic um to definitely struggled i, I really uh I, i'm rooting for the the dolphins like i would rather see them win over the bills but uh the Bills just cooked up like the perfect defensive game plan against the Dolphins offense. Yeah, and I will say too, uh, it's it's weird because it's it's not like two have played bad. It, right. It's almost it's like it, it felt like it's a game where the other team just overpowered you offensively. It was like a shootout, but one team didn't have enough time to shoot. Yes. Yeah. They. They did a pretty good job of limiting Tyree Kill, um, and the run game was still pretty good, but they couldn't keep up. Like <laughs> the the Bills just scored so effectively that uh, the like you said, it's like the Dolphins didn't have time to, you know, do what made them so successful uh, in the first part of the season. Yeah, and I want to add this is not about two. I I love two, but I I want to add that Baker Mayfield is is their third. Yeah, and, and or Stafford as their fourth so they're very sort of set they could really be make, needing to make some quarterback decisions and can, and i have to say I, I think i'm like the only baker mayfield stand that i know in the world no like, i'm a fan like yeah but i like i kind of like baker and I, I think that he's still not bad like even though i did think that the obj <laughs> dad release tapes for those of you out there who don't know Odell Beckham's dad released some tapes of all the times that OBJ was wide open and Baker just did not throw him the ball. Um, yeah. But I never thought he was, I still never thought Baker was that bad. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Baker was uh, like just behind us in school. Like he's, he's like a year or two younger than us. And I remember like the, either right out of being, being right out of college or something like that. Uh, the game where they were playing, I don't even remember who it was, honestly. I want to say it was like Ohio State or something. But whenever he like planted the Oklahoma flag in the center of whoever they were playing's field, and it was like a big deal, everyone got mad at him. I don't know for some reason. I I just loved him after that. Like just such a like douchey, confident <laughs> move. Uh, and I don't know. There's just something about him that I like. He also, strangely enough, like he reminds me of when Jameis was on the Bucks, where like. Mike Evans is just going to be a beast because he's going to get thrown to so many times and he's going to throw him crazy deep balls. And like, that's something that, uh, you know, Brady spread the ball out so much. I'm glad to see Mayfield getting the ball to Mike Evans again. Yeah. And when Mike Evans went down, it became Chris Godwin. He's just like, I'm yep. just getting the ball to the best player. He's, he's learned his lesson. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I really hope that Mike Evans is okay. Yeah. Um, but on the baller side, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, th- just hold, hold, 
I think it's going to write it itself. Okay. So let's so keep going with that. So what what's what's tipping over? Where does it where does the ship write? Okay. So one like Bijan is going to have some weeks where he puts you in contention to win by himself. Um he there's also been a lot of really bad luck so far with the popular ballers. Like this week in particular, Derek Carr injury kept him from scoring points. Javante Williams in- injury kept from scoring points. And so like with even with Michael Pittman, this was the first week that Anthony Richardson was back. Um I can't really say anything about George Pickens because we talked about that earlier. Kyle Pitts I'm I'm still in the bandwagon that he'll eventually get get it figured out. So like as long as he can get um some flex guys in there and like he has those options. Jahan Dotson I think is going to start scoring more consistently because uh I I, I think Wyatt may have even mentioned this, but I think that offense is going to start you know passing the ball more and getting those guys involved. And then also Cole Komet uh, had an amazing game. So he's got the guys. Uh, Brees Hall eventually is going to be unleashed. Like they're not going to have this little bitty workload of six, you know, five, six carries every week. It's going to happen. And then they're going to be fine. Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. This is, I, I agree with everything you said. They have a cornerstone piece that can win you games. I do think, though, that the quarterback position is kind of biting them right now. Um, it is, especially with Deshaun Watson when he's not hurt yeah. playing poorly. <laughs> yeah, especially because Deshaun Watson seemed like he was not the starter about an hour and a half before the game. Yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah, that was that was odd, I, I thought. Um, also, Derek Carr deciding to play injured. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Which... A little bit of bruise analysis. I was very happy that Kamara's first game was with Derek Carr instead of Jameis Winston, because Jameis Winston ain't checking that ball down. <laughs> nothing. No way in hell. He'll he'll take an incompletion over yeah. a two yarder, and Derek Carr kind of it was the exact opposite. He, like he's like, I'm just gonna dink and dunk. He had right. 23 completions, and 13 of those were those for to Kamara for 33 yards. So exactly, and the injury. I- you know, I would say it almost 100% played into that. And like you said, that's never been Jameis' <laughs> move. So um, even when he was playing with uh, Kamara, they didn't do that as much. So uh, definitely a big benefit there. But yeah, I don't know. You know, we, we've talked to, or well, not we, but we as a podcast network have talked about Cooper Cup's return. Um, that's going to do something. I think that him and Puka will both be amazing. So one, oh, here's the, the other thing is one in three is not, impossible like yes he's in 10th place but he's only one game out of the playoffs like everybody needs to chill there's plenty of time for the ballers and i still think that they can make the playoffs yeah season starting now season starting now all right um let's talk about your matchup uh disgusting 219 points just a explosive week uh, against the matrix 123 all of this with a bad game from uh, Aaron Jones. So I think the highlights of this are obviously Diggs is a big part of that blowout uh, or, you know, crushing of the Dolphins. And then, like we said last week where no one heard us, the pleasure of owning Justin Jefferson cannot be matched. It's 25 points every week. Put it in the bank. Yeah, it's he. He is truly amazing. He is awesome. He like everything about him, his demeanor with the media. Every time I see like a. Uh, because I just see like sound bites 
of him, whatever he says, I'm I'm so in on. He he just seems great. Like in all facets. Yeah. I love having him. Um Yeah, I've been, there's been some talk of him becoming a captain. It's probably been some hotly debated in the locker room having both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston captains while Justin Jefferson's out there. Oh, that's really funny. I did not know <laughs> one that he was not a captain, but I I remember you putting Taysom as one. I didn't know Jameis as one. That's really funny. Um yeah, I I think uh I think it might be time to honor him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I I should say Jameis is is the the true motivator. Even for the Saints now, he's the yeah. true motivator. Have so. you seen that thing where, like, he and apparently he's done this since he was at Florida State. Before the game, he stands outside the locker room and like shakes hands or daps up every single player and coach before they come into the locker room. No, but I love that. Isn't See, that amazing? Yeah, James James has got a little Ted Lasso in him. He does. Being honest, he he's does. got a little Ted Lasso in him. It's it's a little bit raw, but um, it's there. Uh, I love but yeah, him. I I love having Jefferson. I got, I I ended up starting Nico Collins this week. With yeah, that worked crossfire out quite with CJ well. Stroud. Um, it was only because of Crossfire. Um, but he's been great, and I get to yeah. have my Michigan love with that one too. Yep, and I've uh, that's one player who like I don't own on any teams, but I remember talking. I think it was to you about him, like as he was coming into the league and thinking like, oh yeah, he's going to be good. Um, and just, he probably would have been pretty easy to get, you know, like at least last year before they drafted Stroud. But now I think that's an untouchable piece. Like he could be a stud uh, for years to come. I, I think that I've been more impressed with CJ Stroud than the start of any rookie this year, like by far. I just, he seems to be killing it. Yeah, well, he is killing it. And this sort of just takes us to the matriarchs in general, which is, getting a quarterback was big for her mm-hmm. and CJ Stroud is looking like he's going to be good. But uh, something I've talked with uh, GM Wyatt from the winter faces about is that the Texans seem to have really taken a new mindset. They're, they're letting Stroud throw the ball. Like um, they seem to really be invested in trying to get their players to be in the best positions for them. And they're like, Pierce is a fine running back, but CJ Stroud is, we want him to be the one with the ball in his hands most of the time. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's, it's not what I expected. Like I didn't expect them to throw it as much as they are. And especially with Stroud. And like, I saw a couple videos uh, on Twitter going around of like how he's already starting to like look off defenders with his eyes and do like some pretty advanced stuff this early on uh that most rookies don't do you know this early in the season so um that's really cool and as i've been thinking about the matriarchs i know we normally uh, i think associate the pit kings with the lions but i could see a like a lion-esque couple years for the matriarchs like with her picks like i think this year they might upset some teams they're not supposed to and still you know finish outside the the top six but if they can draft a quarterback uh and then they have a second first i think this year as well uh to maybe bring in a you know, another skill position player, uh, they'll be frisky and then they could be right back up on top pretty soon. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. This could be a very short rebuild with many, many first round picks to come. <laughs> I, I could see us. It, it is totally possible that we have a winter faces run now and the matriarchs window opens r- maybe right as the winter faces closes. Yep. I totally agree. And I'm, I, my eyes are glued uh, on what Derrick Henry is going to do on this roster because uh, I think that one of these uh, playoff teams could get aggressive towards picking him up uh, and that, whether she gets a young player back or an additional first, um, I actually think that that uh, would would make a lot of sense for her with the direction she's going if the season does not turn out to be successful. Agreed. All right, uh, let's see. Next, uh, or lastly, I guess, is uh, the game of the week, the Gotham Knights and the Winter Faces, the Monday Night Miracle from Tyler Lockett. Uh, 178 to 172 this was a close one and I know that uh, I'm sure people were rolling their eyes but I was genuinely sweating out that game because it was such a horrid performance um, from the offensive line of the Giants and Daniel Jones that uh, I was a little worried at, uh, that the Seahawks would be up enough that they wouldn't have to throw and then Geno Smith got hurt so I was really scared when Drew Locke came in but it all worked out it did. This was an amazingly stressful match. An extreme, like, so close. Because I really had a feeling of, like, that Tyler Lockett was not going to have, like, a big game for some reason. Yeah, same. Um, and He didn't we, even we get it by halftime. So it, it was still, like, I had to stay up and, like, wait for the third quarter, you know? Yeah. And, and not only that, but my gosh, can you believe that this game, I did not think that it would have come down to this but that the the Mahomes slide to play football the winter faces win I know think about the agony that I would have been in because if that's all that changed it would have been six point it would have been like 6.1 points because he would have got like another yard I guess um and so I would have lost by 0.3 something uh maybe 0.4 so that that means I would have had to because I went to sleep after Tyler Lockett won. Uh, I would have had to stay up through that entire Seahawks Giants game. Oh, would have been miserable. Um, but anyways, enough of that. It was brutal that both of us had our receivers get injured and Evans and, and Higgins. Uh, I don't know what will happen with either of them, but I'm guessing Mike Evans will miss time. Um, and I think the 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 Knights injuries uh, have gone a little unappreciated by some uh, in in the, the media. I've I have really been dealt a crappy hand here with mike williams being out for the year mike evans being hurt uh uh, saquon being hurt deontay johnson's on the ir uh just a lot going on but all through that we will prevail i'm excited about jake ferguson Mm -hmm. i noticed um on the the podcast that wasn't we we referenced that in his first game he dropped a lot of balls in that first game that Mm -hmm. was an absolute blowout but this week, he had a lucky 7-for-7-for-77. Seven seven I know. That's good. I think uh, maybe a little prophecy there of things to come. But uh, the thing that made me the most excited this week of my team was to see Josh Jacobs um, explode. Uh, I wasn't worried. And if anybody was you know, worried, I think they weren't paying attention because a very similar thing happened last year. And uh, I don't think that those are related. But just saying, like, Josh Jacobs is still Josh Jacobs, and this was the exact week that I needed from him. Yep. Now, what are you thinking about Jonathan Taylor coming back? I I'm thrilled. I can't 
like I'm not going to be able to contain my excitement. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to be able to keep him on the bench. Like unless they come out and explicitly say like he's not playing or uh, whatever. I think I'm just going to throw him in, even if they say like he's going to be limited because it, I'm rolling the dice. Like I think I have the, the flexibility to do that <laughs> this week against the matriarchs. Uh, no offense to the lovely matriarchs roster, but uh, I have a lot of stuff going on <laughs> injuries. I already have bye weeks uh, to deal with in week five. So he's going to start right away for me unless they say he's not playing. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me. I think I would do the same now on the, on the winter faces side. I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple players that they're, they're a little bit funky this season. Those being Joe Burrow and Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what's going on? <laughs> I, I, I just the Joe Burrow being bad. I'm I'm kind of on the injury train, and this mm-hmm. is the same defense I use for Baker Mayfield. What was it? Was it last season where he had the shoulder thing, and it's just like, yeah, he's just not playing football the way that he has to to win games. And I think Joe Burrow might be in that camp as well. Yeah, I agree, and I think like. It's weird to, I don't know if you do this, but I I tend to classify quarterbacks in my mind based on like the kind of tiers that that quarterbacks were playing at when I was like in high school for some reason, or like that era of football is stuck in my head. So like when you had guys like Brady, Manning, um, Drew Brees, uh, we'll throw in Aaron Rodgers into that group. Like, okay, we know who these elite quarterbacks are. Every week they're going to be incredible. Like I was thinking that Joe Burrow was going to be in that group for his career but maybe he's in the like ben roethlisberger philip rivers tier uh and that would be sad for me because i think he, it's his personality like elevates him up in our minds as like he's gonna be incredible but i don't know maybe he's not yeah i i can't have i have no i have nothing to say for joe burrow except i think that i'm uh, they have a bye week in three weeks, I heard, on another football podcast. Mm. This kind of tossed out of like, look, you're 0-4. You need to make the playoffs. So, like, if you need to do some funky stuff with a backup and win, like, one game and then do something else funky the next week, just do all your trick plays and let Burrow rest for three weeks and take the bye week as a third week that may like is that the best strategy for you so yeah i don't know what the Bengals are thinking but some something's not right yeah and this week is really like the one to watch because they play the cardinals um who they should be able to beat so um if things don't come together this week then i definitely agree with you that something needs to change um between that seattle game the bye week and then having to face the 49ers defense because that's they play the 49ers and the bills back to back so that could be a brutal awakening yeah they're in a gauntlet right now yeah they, they, their cupcake games were supposed to be the beginning of the season so exactly um another uh situation i'm i'm curious to watch we didn't bring up cam Akers uh, on the magic now that he's over uh in minnesota but uh I'm, I'm very curious to watch that split and see if that takes away from alexander madison and makes it di- more difficult for him to regularly start for the winter faces uh, especially with ramon j stevenson uh, underperforming uh, he may have to dig in and, and throw in some more risky players 
Yeah. Now he he still does have Isaiah Pacheco, who is probably a on the border start every week. Mm-hmm. So he still even has some depth there. But yeah, the Ramondre thing is weird because that's like the Patriots with getting Ezekiel Elliott um, and trying to and Bill Belichick seemingly. It seems like he's lost a little bit, but at the same time, that special teams block that he had was amazing. So, yep. you know, he I, I think Belichick steps away from the offense for the most part. I think that's why he and Tom Brady work mm-hmm. so well, as Tom Brady was his OC. Right. <laughs> and um, he he so, brought in uh, Bill O'Brien, who's supposed to be this, like, offensive genius, and then it has, <laughs> hasn't worked out so far. But that might be because you have Mac Jones at quarterback. I don't know. Um, yeah, which one thing seems like he might not start. So yeah, I know that that could be over quickly, which would really hurt the matrix. Um, one thing I wanted to say on uh, Pacheco is I I was kind of a doubter of him a little bit last year. I I have him on one team, so I I do like him now. But uh, he, to me, he's so funny. I saw a video on Twitter of that huge touchdown run that he had, and like he just goes crazy and starts like jumping around like really hype. And somebody was like, Isaiah Pacheco is the kid at the slumber party who like his parents don't let him drink soda and he drinks a coke and then he goes crazy uh like he's just so little and he's always so busy like his feet are always moving like 100 miles per hour uh i like him a lot he's fun yeah i would agree and nothing to worry about for the winter phases no nah. i don't think so honestly i feel lucky and uh almost guilty to get away with this win so <laughs> i'll take it all right, well, uh, we will uh, see what happens in week five. There's some big matchups coming up as we're previewed on the minis podcast, but I think the one that I'm watching uh, the closest this week is the God Kings and the Popular Ballers. I would agree. It's it's one of the closest on paper, and a big matchup between a one and three team who all of the analysts say on paper should be a playoff <laughs> contender who really needs this win to keep going. And the two and two God Kings who have had some really big weeks, some down weeks, trying to stick in there and keep keep fighting to stay above 500. Yep. So we will see uh, what happens this coming week. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's all that I have uh, on tap for the CGF. Is there anything else that you want to get off your chest? Hmm. Let's see. I don't think so. I think more than anything, I'm just desperate to beat Wyatt at this game. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting because I, the like, okay, so Wyatt kind of alluded to this on the minis podcast that like everyone should be focusing on you, and like while I agree with him in the sense of like, yes, your team typically blows up with the most insane point weeks like he's the one that's won back-to-back championships like let's not get it twisted yeah thank you thank you i'm standing up right now because when when he he was trying to cast the villain as myself and yourself no no yeah i think this is like a classic uh comic book storyline where like you know, we, the quarter bowl has ended and, and like you defeated me. So we're already, you know, we're talking about life. And then we hear the winter faces over there talking smack about how, you know, whatever, whatever, we're the villains. And we're both looking at each other like, wait, that's the guy we need to go get. We should team up. So 
we can't team up, unfortunately. We, <laughs> one of us is going to have to do it. Uh, agreed. And I have to say, it's funny because I have to say, most of the time I cheer against you, Hunter, for, for the podcast drama. <laughs> oh, I do too. But, but yeah, it, when but, it comes down to it. <laughs> I, but, but yeah, well, this week it was especially difficult because you're up against White. It's like, well, I kind of need Hunter to win this one. Yeah, that's like when you're your two like most hated teams in college football or whatever play each other like if louisville and tennessee played each other i would i just root for everyone to lose <laughs> like but... yeah, or like when ohio state would play notre dame yes like i don't I even want to watch this game because i don't want to feel anything <laughs> i don't want to feel myself accidentally rooting for one of these teams yeah all right, well, uh, we can uh, chat very quickly before we end today about uh, a little coach's corner. Um, we talked about yeah. it last week, but um, since last week, I've had two tryouts, and uh, I officially announced the roster today uh, to the school. So um, I have my squad, and I'm very, very excited. So uh, the best news that I got in between uh, recordings was that I no longer have to co-op with the other school in town that I thought I was going to have to. Um, mm. So our, my team is all my team. It's all my kids, all my students. Um, I don't have to worry about that other school. They're going to have their own team. Um, and so I was able to get a roster of 22. I was thinking about keeping less, but then I was like, nah, I'll throw in a couple extra. That way uh, we could, in theory, you know, run a full scrimmage against each other. Mm-hmm. Um most of my team are sixth graders and so that's exciting and then also i would say uh a third of the team speaks very little english so that will be quite the challenge yeah i i think it'll be okay though yeah it'll be it'll be good but that's that's great i will say i do think that the other school if they're like no we don't need to have a split team it means that they're going to be pretty good no, I think it's actually going to be the opposite. Uh, really? Yes. Uh, so I, I won't get into too much of the drama here on the public airways, but um, we'll just say that uh, I was told from a source that uh, two of the players that would have come over to play for me that were good uh, did not want to play for my school. Uh, they, it, was, it bothered them that they were going to wear our colors, uh, which is silly because <laughs> I know. How admirable. I know our two, the last two years, our school has had to go over and play for them. So that's ridiculous. But, um, so they were not going to play at all. And so then, uh, one of the coaches of another sport at that school, um, decided that he wanted to just take up coaching, uh, soccer and that he was going to take the players from that sport and he's going to put together a team. Um, I, you know, if you're listening, you know, this stranger out there, uh, I cannot wait to beat your team very badly. I'm just going to leave it at that. So I'm excited. Oh, that's great. Um, well, that makes it easier for roster cuts and stuff. So it, I'm sure your life is much easier now. Yes. Uh, I was able to keep a couple of sixth graders that probably wouldn't have made the team otherwise. And um, the be- the best news is, um, so the girls, their season wraps up tomorrow. That They play for the district championship and I hope they win, but they, uh, you know, they've been practicing 
this the last couple months and we started and our school does not have the funds or didn't have the funds to purchase anything for soccer so there's an old uh there's like a baseball fence you know the really tall fence that's behind a baseball diamond that's been out there for years and the girls soccer coach uh measured out and taped on the fence like with black duct tape like what the dimensions of the goal would be and that's just been like (laughs) what they've been practicing on um and so that's what my goalie uh tried out on as well and uh i don't know there's almost something like endearing about it like a little bit of grit you know like yeah Yeah. we don't even have a goal but we're doing this uh but we did get uh a eight by four which is a little bit smaller than the proper dimensions pop-up goal that was donated to the school so now we can play back and forth with the chain (laughs) as one side so i am i'm ready oh that's great and i should say for all the listeners that there's some jerseys coming for the school and hunter would you like to yes tell the folks about it yeah so uh it's been referenced on the minis i think yeah, I think so. Uh, our Jersey commissioner, Jake Park, went above and beyond and uh, donated his lovely and precious time to uh, designing some kits for the boys. And the best news to share is that the district is purchasing the jerseys. So they even said they would buy home and away jerseys, which is crazy because no other soccer team in the district has <laughs> two jerseys. Uh, but Jake also designed two jerseys. So I'm very excited. And uh, when they come in, I'll make sure to, to post some pictures uh, so that you guys can see because he did some great work. He even designed a logo for my school that didn't exist uh, prior to him working on it. Yeah, just incredible. Uh, thank you, Jake. And a, a little bit of a a fact check i'm pretty sure that jake references actually on the corporate Gro- global fantasy premier league podcast which if anyone's interested in premier league yes come on over and check it out uh fantasy across the pond you're right which but uh he, is he, going uh, terribly for me <laughs> i'm about to give yeah. up <laughs> i i no, suck no, at no, it no. my players are all hurt I'm, it's horrible we'll, we'll we'll talk after the podcast about <laughs> i we you're you're still good but um I, I want to continue rambling a little bit because I have a coach's corner. Oh, yes. Yes, tell me about it. Okay. So, in the last two weeks, so this past Sunday and the Sunday before, I have gone and watched film with my brother who is playing left tackle for his high school football team. Yes. And two Fridays ago, I went to the game and then watched film after the game. And... And so that that went really well. It's really interesting because so the watching film setup for anyone who hasn't watched football film, you probably think this is incredibly boring. So you probably just want to pause if you're doing household chores or whatever and just <laughs> listen to your audiobook at this point because <laughs> it's it's just rambling. But it can be incredibly boring unless you're really into the details. So it's it's like watching things like what is your first step on this play like what did you do when you pulled? Like, what is your chest placement? Like, where are you turned? It's like very, very detail-oriented, boring stuff. Where are your hands on pass protection? So we were going through all this stuff, and it kind of inspired me to be like, wait a second, I love... Like, I, when I watched the first film session, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how good I am at watching film. For because I was not athletic at all. I'm the classic, like, I think I can be a good coach because I'm so not athletic 
that right. the fact that I was able to start is a true miracle. And it's some <laughs> other part of me that let me do that. Um, so I was a film hound. And so we watched the film, and that's great. And then I've been going through all of our stuff before we move, like move out to California for a little bit. And I actually found that I had saved like my playbook, but it, it wasn't my playbook. It was only my, it was only the playbook for offensive linemen. And we had a whole playbook just for like changing blocking assignments. And I, wow. and I had, t- yeah. And I had already written out. So I got inspired after watching film to write out, my high school playbook because i still remember most of it because i ran it from the time i was in sixth grade through high school oh that's the same amazing playbook that's so the dream. like i remember it pretty well and so i'd already written that down but i had totally forgotten all of like the lineman calls that you could do to like change how your blocking scheme was for a specific play based on how the defense lined up mm. and being like oh yeah our coach was amazing we had to do from florida state who he played when they were national champions in the 90s um and he was just awesome yeah that's incredible and i i still have all of his notes that that's essentially what it was but i've gotten so into helping coach and i feel like oh i'm pretty good at this yeah and that's i think that's a really fun uh like position group to be like in the know on because uh we talked about this some last week but it gives you such a different it gives you like an extra layer to watch for that like 90 something percent of football watchers do not even know exists like none of the rest of us that are watching the nfl every sunday are even noticing the offensive line more than likely unless somebody has like an incredible block or gets like a holding call like you know and that's what they say right like you don't notice a lineman when they're doing their job right but being able to look at that and like break it down and especially with your family like that that's something that uh i think is incredible so i'm i'm so glad to hear that you're getting to do that yes it's been great and i'm i'm gonna see if this sunday i found my old film from my senior year so oh. thinking about letting, letting my brother essentially play coach and watch film on me because my dad has no film on him because he played too long ago but i thought that that that's like a fun role reversal yeah that that's you get cool. to do that'd yeah. be fun well, nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, uh, it, it's interesting, like being, um, I'm saying this as a encouragement to you to pursue this in whatever way that is possible, especially with you moving. But like now that this year that I'm the head coach of a team that I'm doing by myself and not just an assistant for basketball, like I was just telling Marianne, like, cause my second tryout was yesterday. Like when I got home, I was just like buzzing, like, I'm just so excited. Like, I love it so much. And like soccer is not even a sport that I know really anything about, you know, but uh, I'm more excited about just getting to teach and build on like the discipline and like the, the overcoming, like the barriers between the kids, because like, it's such a diverse team of the ki- these kids would never talk to each other at school. Um, that yeah. combined with like getting into like, you know, drills and stretching and like, I don't know, just every part of it. I just want to be in all of it. Yes, exactly. And you get to be, it's so much about how you like, it's almost like being a psychiatrist or something. Yes. Like so much about like what's in your head. Like yesterday, 
I'll just share two quick anecdotes and then I'll let our listeners go to torture yeah. of having to listen <laughs> if to us made talk it this about this. My, my gosh, you're really invested. <laughs> right. Uh, but I have this one student who I've mentioned him on the podcast before. I maybe even by name. I used to coach him in basketball and he's just, you know, my like my favorite kid in the school. His name's Tayshon and he is like just an absolute monster of a kid, like super talented, super smart, super athletic and um, he was. He asked me if he could try out for soccer. He's like, I've never touched a soccer ball, but like, he's the most most athletic kid in our school. And I was like, Yeah, of course. Like, I can make it work. You know, we can find you something to do. And uh, so yesterday came out the tryouts, and he was like, almost like embarrassed to tell me this before we started. But he was like, Um, he's like, so I kind of started to like practice a couple times before I came, and he's like, but I had this problem where. Um, so he he's our running back at the school. He's like incredibly okay. fast, but he's a bowling ball. Like he's not fat or or overweight but means he's just thick and just you know ripped and he was like I'm, I'm like running at the ball full speed but then when i try to touch it i just my foot goes on top of it and i slip and just fall down <laughs> and i was like i know exactly what you're talking about because that is a very common you know thing for people to learn i was like we have to teach you touch like like you can't just go full speed run at the ball every time like you know you have to learn how to slow down and control and all this stuff and so he's like okay okay well so we start the main tryout drill i did was like a kind of a one-on-one drill just to assess their offense and defense where they had to pass it across to another line of kids the person in front get catches the pass and then there's three gates and so the defender has to run and and start defending while the attacker goes to one of the gates and you don't know which one they're going to you know dribble towards and you have to see like who can dribble through a gate first the offense or the defense um and so he was getting frustrated because like uh when he was getting when he was getting the ball like he couldn't dribble and then when he was sending the ball over there he wasn't even really getting it to the person like it was just going all over the place and um so in the middle of practice i looked over and i noticed that like he had taken himself out of the line of a drill and i didn't say anything because i was like okay you know he he there's something going on over there and he came up to me at the end and he was like so i took myself out of uh, one of those drills and i just started watching the other kids like how they were kicking it and passing and he's like he's like now watch this and so he was like just showing me like i learned you kick it with the inside of your foot like i didn't even tell him anything you know and i was like man this kid is like self-teaching himself like on the tryout day like he already was figuring stuff out that quickly i didn't have to say anything to him and it just made me filled with (laughs) so much joy i was like oh like this is the the kid that any coach like hopes to have on their team yeah Oh, that's amazing. It, I love it was so that. good. And so the the second story is at the end of practice, they were like, uh, a couple of the players who had played football were like, okay, well, like, don't we need to like break it down? Like before we leave? I was like, yeah, like everybody get in, like, come on. And they're like, well, like, what do we say? And I was like, well, this is the first ever like JCM boys soccer team ever. So like you guys get to decide there's no tradition. And like all of their faces like lit up and they're like, oh, Oh, you know, so like I'm going to lean into that a lot. Like the idea of setting traditions and stuff is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing. How heartwarming. I know, right? So, yeah. Well, folks, if you made it through this marathon, (laughs) you get some extra bonus points. Your prestige rating definitely goes up. Yeah. Uh, Just DM Hunter saying I, <laughs> yes. I heard this this message yep and you and get you definitely get, get uh bonus some, points. some bonus points on your prestige ranking all right folks well that's all i have for you yeah that was a lot and that's all i have for you as well, well see you next time soon <laughs>